Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. Now I'm here today in our new studio, brand new studio, with my good friend, co-host and colleague, Michelle. Hi Michelle. Hi Stephanie, lovely to be here. Yes, I know, we're enjoying our new digs. Very, very um, sophisticated in here at the moment. Um, so today we have, we have gathered here um, to discuss the Sydney Writers' Festival which is very quickly approaching. So it's a little bit earlier this year. It's um, the first week of May, so from the 30th of April to um, Sunday, I think it's the 6th of May. Um, so it is absolutely, um, it does feel as though it has crept up um, yeah. on, on us this year. Um, Stephanie, what are your picks for this year? And what are you thinking in terms of the new location? Have you had a chance to, to sort of um, look at yeah, no. Works and Yeah, so this year it's at CarriageWorks, not at Walsh Bay, because uh, Walsh Bay is being refurbished um, for the next two years. So this year's festival and next year's festival will be CarriageWorks. I have been to CarriageWorks in the past, but um, I haven't really um, investigated the new surroundings. But we'll have to um, make an effort to to find the best coffee and all of that Absolutely. because that's very important yeah <laughs> um the, the to answer your first question though the event that i'm really 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 dorkily looking forward to and it is very dorky um is emily wilson is coming out and she is um, a classics scholar she is the daughter of Anne wilson the um victorian biographer um she has recently translated the odyssey and she's actually staggeringly, I think, the first female translator of the Odyssey into English. I can't believe that. Isn't yeah, it? it is true. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. She's the first female translator of the Odyssey into English. There has been French, I think, um, translations by women, but first into English. Anyway, so I have read her translation. I loved her translation. I found her kind of... Um, philosophy of translation really interesting so um, one of the things she does is she retains the level of lines in the poem because she wanted it to have the same kind of pacing um, and another thing that she did is um, the, the odyssey is originally written in dactylic hexameter and she has written it in iambic pentameter Wow. So that it has that kind of beat of poetry because often when people um, translate the Odyssey, they translate it in more sort of prose or sort of um, a kind of blank verse that doesn't really convey the kind of musical, the musicality and the speed of the poem, I think. Um, so she's made some really interesting choices in terms of her translation. And she's also talked quite openly about like the gender dynamics of her being the first female translator of the Odyssey. Um so, for example, a lot of men in the past who translated the Odyssey have have um, referred to the slave women in the poem who are sleeping with the suitors that come and um, court Penelope as whores. And she's gone back and she's like, that word isn't there. Right. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah. And so she's, and also they aren't necessarily even described as slaves. They're described as servants or um you know, maidens or something, whereas she's used the word slaves to denote actually they are enslaved and that's important and that this is a slave-owning society. So anyway, I've just really found her fascinating. Um, she writes a really, really long introduction um, to the Odyssey that I found really useful and her translator's notes are really interesting. And so she's coming out here to talk about her translation and I'll be there with my bells on. I think 
you have sold it to me without a doubt because it's always fascinating to hear um, someone with that sort of intimate knowledge of, of a text which only, you know, sort of the writer and the translator tend to have. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing Juno Diaz. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping to get to both uh, his uh, his talk on his uh, children's um, recent publication of um, I think it's called Island um, Island oh, Born Island Born I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and also uh, the talk on empathy um, which I, I think uh, both promise to be you know completely um, in- engaging and I've you know, I've listened to Juno Diaz, obviously podcasting, Boston Review. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he he's 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 so vocal, he's so political, he's so passionate, mm. um, and and also you know a stunning writer. You know, mm. just just such a such a stunning writer. So he's he's definitely really high on on um, my list of I guess. Um, I, yeah, definitely. Probably, probably the first uh, sort of the, the the first ticket I bought. You mm. know, um, definitely. Everyone I've said, you know, have talked to about Sydney Writers Festival. I go, but you know, Diaz is coming, and they're like, okay, I'm there. So yeah, I think he's one of the big draw cards for the festival. He's so good. He's so interesting. So I think um, he recently wrote a really, really interesting New Yorker article about some trauma that happened in his own life which was really um, difficult read but fantastic read. So he's he's certainly somebody that is always compelling. Yeah, yeah, fearless, I think, mm, yeah. um, which, uh, you know, is, is I think one of the, uh, one of the key, the key qualities of, of, of the writer, of the editor, of, you know, um, mm. of, of uh, the spokesperson, which I think is one of the great things about the festival, isn't it, that mm. it, it sort of allows um, writers to become, you know, speak, uh, speakers, um, and often what they have to say is 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 really um, yeah. I, th- I think it's it's the fascinating mm. um, insight of of nuanced and often quiet, you know, sort of quieter voices. Which um, yeah, I love the love the Sydney Writers Festival for that. What what else do you have on your wish list or your um, to do? <laughs> to my, oh my to do my so my second pick is um, Tara Westover, Westover or Westover. I'm not quite sure how the emphasis is placed. Um, so she wrote. She's an American writer. She recently published a memoir um, called Educated, and um, I read it a few weeks ago, and I thought it was fascinating. Um, she grew up in a Mormon family, but they weren't quite a normal Mormon family. They were very, um, they were survivalists, doomsday kind of um, survivalist types. Um, She didn't go to school because her father thought, it was largely driven by her father, but he thought that the um, school teachers were members of the Illuminati who were going to um, teach the kids to become communists or satanists or you know going to cause the downfall of civilization um and so she grew up um very isolated in a rural part of the of um, the united states no schooling and also they don't her father didn't believe in um medicine so they have they have a scrapyard and that's how they make their money um by like repurposing metal scraps and 
they have the family she's got a number of brothers and sisters they have these completely horrendous medical emergencies that come from like that kind of occupation and he doesn't care at all about health and safety um and they don't go to hospitals so they get into a the family gets into quite a serious car crash oh my god and they don't get they don't go to hospital because again going to hospital would be putting yourself under the control of the state anyway so the 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 memoir is about both her childhood and um but it takes as its focus the process of education because she actually um goes to university so she has never been to school but she um studies at home and teaches herself um, enough to get herself into um, a university in the States. And from there, she becomes um, really quite passionate historian and historian of ideas specifically. So she ends up going to Cambridge and to Harvard. And she recently graduated a few years ago with a PhD in history from Cambridge. Um, So it's a really interesting look at the education process and what education means in different people's lives and how she really was taught herself really how to learn and how to be a student and um, she has these kind of really comical moments in the classroom where she she sort of literally knows nothing beyond the teachings of the Mormon church so somebody refers to the holocaust and she says in class what's the holocaust and they think that she's joking or like it's a really poor taste joke or that she's, you know, putting it on. But she literally had no idea. She'd never heard of it. Um, so <laughs> it's a really, it's really interesting um, to kind of get a, a glimpse of that kind of environment and family. And she, and she makes the point that this isn't actually about Mormonism because plenty of Mormons don't live like this. Most Mormons don't live like this. So this is a particular function of her father's kind of neuroses and um, what she eventually sort of has diagnosed as, as bipolar disorder. Um, so yeah, it was really interesting book, really surprising, hair raising, like the medical emergencies alone that just make you absolutely cringe. Like that one, one of her brothers gets quite serious burns and they just put like some ointment on it. We know it's clear that they're like third degree burns and there's like rotting. My understanding was any burn bigger than a 20 cent piece, you know, um, it it, it needs medical uh, attention. So There are many situations (laughs) that require medical attention where they do not seek it. Anyway, I'm really interested to hear her speak. Um, I think she'll be really fun. And it's nice to like read a memoir that's an experience that's totally alien to anything that you've ever known. She really makes the perfect historian. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is it is that alien perspective, isn't it? Yeah it's, it's, like, yeah. yeah, it's like she's an alien being plopped down into Cambridge. Um, look, I, I think one of the uh, events that I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about um, is um, Michael Muhammad Ahmed's mm. uh, sweatshop um, writing workshop. Uh, and, and that's just because I think uh, his book, The Tribe, uh, The Lebs, which is uh, uh, just about to come out. Um, I think it has come out. It has come out. Mm-hmm. Um, is, um, you know, it, it, it's and, and also because he too is just a fantastic public speaker, um, eloquent. The sweatshop is, is amazing. Like it's producing some of the most, um, you know, just some of the most vibrant, um, and fantastic voices, um, that, 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 that you'll come across, um, at, at the moment in, in, in Sydney. So, uh, anybody who has the opportunity to, to go and, and, um, and, and get to that sweatshop, um, which I think is on the Sunday, mm. um, definitely, definitely, 
um, head that way. Um, I think what else are some other ones that I, I was thinking about? Um, Jennifer Egan. What, what? Yeah, so Jennifer Egan's doing the closing, so I'm really looking forward to to seeing that. I really like a visit from the Goon Squad. I'm um, I read Manhattan Beach, which I didn't love. Love. Um, I enjoyed a lot, but didn't you know? I didn't find it to be my most favourite novel of all time. But I still am re- um, really looking forward to to hearing from her because I think she's a really interesting writer who's doing some, you know, genre bending kind of experimental work. Although Manhattan Beach isn't at all experimental, um, her previous novels have been, and I think she'll be a really interesting kind of closing address speaker. I think, and she's a big draw card. You know, everyone knows her. She's won the Pulitzer, etc. So I think that's likely to be a, a particular highlight. Yeah, and what about the evenings? Are you planning to run into sort of some of the more informal um, huh. conversations, Well, etc.? Look, I just, I like stalking writers at Sydney Writers Festival. That's well known. <laughs> yeah, there are some, there's some cool night events like this Story Club, um, one night. So Story Club is usually held at the Giant Dwarf Theatre in Chippendale. Um, and it's like the, the younger generation chaser people, I suppose. So um, the chaser boys kind of own the theatre and Story Club is run by a bunch of kind of younger people who've, who've been brought into the chasers group. Um, so people like um, Ben Jenkins and so forth and Zoe Norton Lodge. Um, so Story Club is, is going to be held one night, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm also really looking forward to the gala event. Um, so this year's theme, which you probably should have said already, um, is the Year of Power. Um, obviously that's really timely um, because of many of the conversations that we're having at the moment around um, the Me Too movement and who has power and who doesn't and speaking truth to power and talking back to power and protest movements and so forth. Anyway, so the big gala event um, held at the Town Hall is going to be on the theme of power. It's got some really interesting speakers. Um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing um, Wesley Morris from Still Processing, which is one of the New York Times' um, podcasts. So him and Jenna Wortham um, run uh, are the hosts of Still Processing, and they talk um, around a theme every, I think it comes out once every two weeks. They had a really interesting one recently on um, setting in contemporary kind of television and how and film and how setting is um, specific and universal and how it's it's broadly kind of constructed. They also did a recent episode on um, Black Panther that was really yeah. um, with, um, I think they did it with ta Coates, actually. Yeah, they did it with ta Coates. Um, so they're coming out and I think they'll be at the, um, at the, at the gala. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing Amanita Sow, who um, is, again, another podcast person. Obviously, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well as hosting one. Um, she is um, one of the hosts of my favourite, one of my favourite Saturday morning listens, which is a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend. And the the um, the the kind of the podcast is about two girlfriends, right? Who um, they don't live in the same city, and so they basically call each other on the podcast and chat about you know the world world events, their lives, etc., and have like a an interesting feminism kind of themed discussion of popular culture and the world and so forth. So she's coming out. She works in tech. She's really interesting. Um, she, I think she's at the the gala as well. So yeah, there's a lot more people that I'm looking forward to seeing. Look, I think I'd 
like to go and see Michelle de Kretzer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in conversation with Christos Cholkus, and so I think you know yeah. that that would be um, that's that's definitely on my calendar. Um, the life to come uh, on the shortlist for the the Stella Surprise, Prize, yeah. and also I mean having heard Michelle de Kretzer speak before, she's also um, just wonderful live and I think in combination with Christos Chalkus mm. is sure to be um yeah I, I'm sh- it, it, it's sure to be entertaining and edifying I think so that that's definitely another one on my list and what about you Stephanie any more um just one more that I wanted to mention um and that was Jenny um Zhang and she's a U.S. writer. Um, she wrote a short story collection last that came out last year called Sour Heart. And it's mostly about um, – the stories are kind of connected. Um, it's mostly about a group of um, Asian immigrants to America um, making lives for themselves as Asian Americans, um, most, mostly in the 90s but also up until today. And the stories are really – they're quite scatological in some ways, but they're really kind of um, – interesting and they I think they're quite provocative but not in a kind of provocative for the sake of being provocative way they're just sort of um really interesting explorations of the migrant experience and being a young woman in the world today in America specifically and she's just got such a strong voice um usually I don't love reading short story collections but I loved reading that um, and she's gotten a lot of attention, I think, because she's got such a distinctive kind of voice. So she's coming out. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that as well. Look, it's certainly going to be a highlight um, of of May. It's always a <laughs> highlight of my year, yeah, I know. not just May. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fantastic to see uh, a part of Sydney transformed. And, and yeah. I think one of the things that we were commenting on earlier was just how um, the, 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 the Writers' Festival has sort of just taken off so that it mm. really uh, becomes a place where you're <laughs> – going to either have tickets or expect to queue up and mm. miss out. Yeah. Um, That's the problem with the free events. Like, it's great to have free events, but you've got to stand in long queues. In, yeah. in long queues. But then you think, well, what more can you ask for at a time when uh, the written word is is, mm. is under, you know, supposedly under threat and it looks like uh, people are voting with their feet and yeah. uh, actually saying no, yeah. <laughs> no, um, because, yeah, I just remember last year it, it was completely and utterly packed mm. um, at pretty much every single event. Um, and, and, yeah, it'll be fantastic. And, I mean, one thing about uh, being so close to Redfern, it's train, easy to get to, mm. um, and it'll be really interesting to see what the new digs will mean for the yeah. Rise Festival and the ambience because of course it's really hard to beat those wharf views. Yeah, well, no, no glittering um, harbour. But I'm sure it'll be still pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's fun just being in a room with people that you know are reading. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's incredibly heartening. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> and, the, and the great thing about the Writers' Festival too is there always will be some kind of off-the-beaten-track writer that you'll discover quite serendipitously. Um, at the Writers' Festival, somebody you've never heard of that you hear speaking on a panel and you think, oh, they sound interesting, and then you read their book and then you become obsessed with them. So that's what usually happens to me anyway. <laughs> Look, I always try and make time for the unplanned event 
um, because it's so true. Um, some of the some of my favourite events from last year were ones that I walked in and hadn't planned to attend, and mm. um, I, one where it was I think Toby Fitch, Eileen Chong, and Ali Abby. Um, Eckerman, yeah. Ali Cobby Eckerman, yeah. just, you know, um, lucky enough to get a seat. It was pretty small. Um, there was uh, someone else too, I can't remember, but that was just a standout. Mm. Uh, and so I will absolutely make sure to walk into a few rooms where I hadn't planned <laughs> um, to be. Cool. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think that is, you're absolutely right, that's part of what the festival does. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, um, that sounds like we've got a lot to look forward to. I've got a lot of homework reading to read before I get like before I get there because I am such a nerd that I do do my my reading before I go. Um, so I better get back to that. Um, so this, thank you, Michelle, for talking about our love of Sydney Writers Festival. Thank you, Stephanie, um, <laughs> for introducing a couple there that I am definitely putting on my list. Emily Wilson, number one. Yeah. Cool. All right. So this has been another episode from The Lighthouse. If you could please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. We love five-star reviews. Um, thank you to those who have already um, rated and reviewed us and been in touch through our website, which is at fromthelighthouse.org. Um, we'll see you at the festival, I guess. Bye.